everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I'm Peter Bolden. And I'm Craig Spodak. Dentistry can sometimes feel lonely. Having over 45 years of combined experience and the chops to run eight successful practices, our mission is simple. Pay it forward and share what we've learned. That's why we developed the Bulletproof Pathway to help you navigate your way to ultimate success in dentistry. And don't forget to join our community's conversation over at bulletproof.dental. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Remember back in the day, Peter, when I'd get it wrong all the time, you get so mad at me? Yes. Like I I remember like it was yesterday. It was yesterday, actually. So uh, it's just Peter and I today, and we're really excited to be rapping about something that... um, uh, we we always talk about, and I feel like half the conversations that Peter and I have should just be recorded, and uh, we'd have a lot more content because we have inadvertent podcasts all the time. And uh, Peter, this was an actually something that came up from you. You went and met with somebody that's like, "Hey, man, I you know my practice is worth you know <laughs> blah 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 blah." Like, well, based on what? Well, I got a mailer, and that mailer said that. Uh, uh, we're going to pay you whatever it was, three, five, 10, who cares how many times you're gross, like ridiculous levels of money. And you peeled back and looked at the P&L, which they ultimately would have as well, and realized that there was really no net profit. And right. you're like, I'm out. Thank you. But no, thank you. I can't compete with that. Yeah, this, yeah, this, that was, well, I've had two interesting yeah, ones. Many of them. One was where I looked at the practice and it was running, you know, a couple million, actually it was about a $1.5 million practice. And I was like, well, you know, you know, after looking at it and talking with them and, and you're like, well, you know, we think it's worth about 3 million. And I was like, Hmm, interesting. Why? And there's like, well, there's never, you know, I got an email or a, a mailer saying that we'll pay 200% of top line revenue from someone. Did you get an LOI? No. So anyway, in this scenario, Greg, I said, look, your practice is netting about $125,000 a year. Your practice is worth at best $600,000. What would have been the so, multiple? Do the math. So do that math. So yeah, the multiple two, on that would have been, um, right? So let's call it 20X almost. Yeah, 20X. Yeah, that's wonderful. He's um, trading it higher than like Disney does. So the, I guess my thing is, is the reason that we talk about this a lot, Craig, is because um, that I think dentists are tracking the wrong thing and always have been. Um, and especially if we get into this, you know, this era where there is private equity sending out mailers and private equity is the buyer of, of certain resorts, um, that we need to also get our, as dentists, we need to get our mind wrapped around the fact that it's not about 85% of top line revenue. Like most banks will loan from, right. It's not the day of, of transferring to the, the, the doctor, one doctor selling to another doctor. Oh, it's about 85%. You know, I'm, that's what I'm going to sell it to you. We need to wrap our minds and heads around the fact that we are running a business and true businesses sell for multiples of revenue, net, net revenue, not you, right. not, not top you line. as the dentist that worked for free revenue, net, net revenue. Um, and put a and pin so, in that for a second, that de- dentist working for free, we're going to come back to that in just a minute. That's important. Well, you harp on that. that, right? You always say that if, it, if dentists were to kind of back out what they did, they sometimes be better off working as an associate because their net profit after they take out what they would have paid themselves, you know? Um, 
So and I think, and the, and the top line thing is such an alluring, you know, it's like number of new patients without talking about net patient growth. Right. We always talk right. about that, but it's also the top line. I, I, myself, like you and I are enamored by that. You know, we, we, when we first met, we became uh, friends, you know, five years ago, it was like, you saw my top line. You're like, wow, that's cool. Right. Yeah, my top line at that point was larger than yours, but you know, it was interesting through our friendship and, and like, I guess, co-mentoring each other. I started realizing like, okay, Bolden's got a smaller top line, but a better net. Right. Why do I even care what my top line is? But I think we're trained in the dental vernacular to talk top line. We're talking to, we're talking that, uh, you know, full gross new patient. Well, look, it's a, it's an easy way to give someone scope of what you do. Right. Um, right but it doesn't give intel onto what kind of business person you are, right? So you can have $10,000, million revenue and $100,000 net, just like you know this example I gave. But really where the rubber meets the road, where things become more interesting, more valuable, is, is when you start thinking about it in terms of a, a, a dollar percentage of EBITDA or a, um, an EBITDA dollar, right? And after a net net dollar versus something that's just gross. Because gross really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, like, if you if your business is doing ten million dollars top line revenue and and spending ten million dollars to get there, it's essentially a business that just runs for it's worthless at that point, right? Because like who wants to who wants to go through the, all those operations for zero benefit? So right. your net day, profit is your re- reward for work, and your top line is how much work you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you want to get reward for work and not just do more work. It's kind of like it, it can translate into an insurance conversation as well. Are you seeing 500 patients in a given period of time making $5,000? Would you rather see 100 patients to make that $5,000? You know, you, it's just going to be better for you. And I think that we conflate the idea of busy and top line revenue with feeling good. And really, like you said, with the rubber reach the road, that's the only thing that should matter to you. Only. That's all that should matter is your net. If your CPA is not giving you that kind of intel, and I don't really care how big your practice is, it's always good to get in that habit because eventually someone's going to have that conversation with you. But ask your CPA, hey, calculate my EBITDA. Let, tell me, what, what would this be worth? What is this? What is my e- true EBITDA on, um, you know, because lots of times they'll give you a net, but it's an owner's net and stuff. So say, give me a true business EBITDA. Yeah, I, I call it entrepreneurial profit. So there it's like go. basically take your all your expenses. If you're a solo doctor, add on your uh, above the line, above the line of net profit, add a associate percentage to your, your expenses, whatever it is, 28, 32%, doesn't really matter. Put 30% in. If you have profit left over, you have a business. If you have, if you run negative, you don't have a business, you bought yourself a job and you really have to take action. Either a make it better or B, work for somebody else because you're running, you're running into a deficit because if something happens to you, all the people that depend on you won't be able to sustain themselves either. The good news is, is typically in some P&Ls or most P&Ls, the, the, the EBITDA is actually more than what the net P&L is showing you because there are so many ad backs and owner right. benefits that we as business owners take advantage of, right? Life insurance, cars, meals and entertainment, all the things that benefit you are actually ad backs. So if, you, if you're looking at your P&L right now saying like, man, it's only $200,000. Well, there's probably a lot of owner benefit in there that gets added back into the equation. 
And just like Craig and I have had that conversation, maybe we haven't had this publicly, but I remember we were talking about the free food at your house, the lunches at your house, yep. at, 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 my office, at your giant house, um, that, <laughs> that we talked about that. And, I, and you're like, well, you know, it's $75,000 a year. And I was like, well, actually, Craig, it's whatever, the, whatever we were going through the time is like, actually yes. on an open market. It, it's about, you know, it's about it's nine times yeah, that at your exactly. size, it's about nine times that. So it's only, it's going to cost you one day about a million bucks to have provided lunch. Isn't that freaking crazy? So when you think of your business valuation, I just want to unpack what you just said. It's not a dollar of net profit or 50,000 or $10,000. It's the multiple of what your business would be worth. That's the true cost. So 77, even conservatively speaking, a six multiple, I mean, that's huge. It's half a million dollars. So here's what I love. Let's, let's harp on this that's for a nuts. second because sometimes people will say, even in the summits, we'll talk, well, maybe, I, you know, I want to work on getting my supplies from like five down to four and a half or six down to whatever. And it's like, well, it's only going to save me, you know, maybe $20,000 a year. And I'm like, correction, right? It's going to yeah. save you a multiple of that. So a dollar saved um, is seven earned is seven or, or six or five or whatever, yeah. but it's a multiple of earned, not just what you get. And also, even if you're not willing to sell, you also get that every year until you decide to do that. Right. right? Meaning it's just, like you our just credit run card. a cleaner like, operation. You just run a like cleaner operation. The, it's like you and me and the credit cards. We thought we had beaten the hell out of uh, credit card merchant processing fees. You had said you had beaten them so good. You had really, yeah. oh, Peter, there's no way. I, I am so good at this. And I'm saying I'm so good at this. I mean, how many thousands of dollars between you and me and just in fees have we saved? 5,000? Through, through MCC? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, on the order of, yeah. And that was free money. Really, we did free nothing. Money, so yeah. yeah, so probably you and I both saved $10,000 a year in credit card processing uh, at, at least. And so, um, but it's just crazy that, that, that there's, like, there's little things like that or like refinancing debt, you know, like I've, those are things that like you've made money by signing papers. We made money. We made that money by signing papers with MCC, for example, I refinance my bill. Craig, I, I want to push in on this though, too, because this is where I think you can, you cannot shrink your way to greatness. Meaning that this is not the place to cut cotton rolls and do things and all of a sudden just like only be focused on profitability. Yeah, because that's scared money don't make none. It's really that <laughs> that 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 is going to be a problem for you because it, it creates a, an environment of scarcity. You can't, it's true, you can't trim your way to that. Be efficient where you can trim, right. but really it's better to grow through it. Grow, yeah, grow take all, look, take your P&L, take all your expenses, even look at your Amex if you've consolidated that. Look at the areas in which you're saying, look, this is fixed expenses. I can't, I can't negotiate my rent. I can't negotiate the mortgage. I can't negotiate the light bills. I can't negotiate the cable. Well, actually, you probably could negotiate the cable, things like that. You so can maybe negotiate look at, the mortgage. That's for sure. Look yeah, that's true too. But look at where you can look. Most things are fixed and you're just going to leave those alone. But there are some variable expenses that you can negotiate with. Um, and it's, it's a good time to kind of revisit some of those with vendors, with all those things and saying, hey, I might go to X, Y, and Z software. I might go to X, Y, and Z vendor. I might go here unless you can incentivize me to stay. It's a, it's always good to audit where you are in your expenses is my point. It's, it's worth your time. Um, and one more thing, I know I'm, we're jumping around a little bit, but I want to circle back to a point that you made a moment ago. 
you told me um, you had said like, oh, look at your, what you're making and have all the ad backs of, you know, your car or whatever else you run through your corporation and what you made 200 grand or whatever you said. And here's another point to make. And I, I, I help a lot of dentists just by saying this to them. So I'm happy we're talking about this in the podcast at scale. But the other day we had a guy in our mastermind who was really kind of upset. He's like, hey, I'm only making this amount of money. You know, I'm only making blank. And, you know, I've opened this practice and I expected to be doing better. And now I'm actually making blank. I'm not making enough money. I said, well, what I want you to do at the end of every year is I want you to add two things to your salary. Number one, I want to add the amount of principal you paid down on your building because he actually owns his own building. So I want you to add that and any business growth that you've achieved. So if your business is worth more money, I want you to add that as well, because the most important thing is dentists as we trans. As we get old, long, longer in our, into our career, if we transition to entrepreneurship, you're not going to have the cash that you used to have as a paid employee. You'll have assets. You're growing assets. And assets are by far the best thing ever. Like uh, Scott Galloway says, he's only never made more than 200 grand in any given year, but he has these events that he always says in his podcast. Well, think he's about made- it. Assets and equities are the only thing that is a hedge against inflationary environment. Right, but you can't spend it. It's illiquid. Oh, well, yeah, of course you can. So it's it, well, I'm just saying. No, I'm saying in a good way. It's less liquid. Cash is is a problem. If you have a lot of cash in your bank account, you're going to take it's going to take extreme amount of discipline to actually do something s- smart with it. You know, mm-hmm. you feel richer. You feel better. It's like having the larger plate at the buffet. You'll eat the size of your plate. You'll eat more. You'll spend more if you have a bigger bank bank account. What I'm trying to say is that for those of you who are running your own business or maybe bought your own building or paying down an asset, don't just look at what you make. Add to it the amount of principal reduction. You'll feel a lot better. And that's the actual truth. For guys like Peter and I who actually do personal financial statements and net worth analysis, it is amazing to see that stuff grow. You don't feel it. You can't spend it. But you start seeing the, you know, your assets growing. I think that's really important for people that are beating themselves up right now about that. Yeah, and but look, you won't know that unless you track it, right? right. I mean, that's like that, and that goes again to kind of net worth trackers and things like this. Is that yeah, God, I'm not, my cash flow doesn't seem the same, but your, but and that may be the scenario, but your equity, right? Your yeah. net worth is growing because you're paying down assets, or your assets are increasing in value over time. Right. Exactly. So um, I, I think, Greg, the, the, and we'll put a pin in this one and, and kind of wrap it, is that I think it's, it's, it's just nice to dance the way that people are dancing in, in the financial markets. And where I mean by that, that wasn't a very good analogy, but like, like why is we as dentists, unless, you're, unless you know 100% that you're only going to sell to another dentist one day, perfect. Turn this off and then, and then you can probably get that 85% model. But if you know that one day the person that you're buying from or going to exchange from is going to start using vernacular like this and evaluating business like this and having the conversation, then why not start, why not start shifting the way you think about your valuation of where you are or the value of a practice? Not from a mailer, not from this, but from true facts of true profitability. What is this business worth and how, did, how do true business people value it? Are you getting the most out of your practice? We'll find out exactly what type of dentist you are and understand exactly how to get impactful results by zeroing in on your superpowers and mitigating your weakness. Want to find out? Head over to DentistQuiz.com now to get your results. So I, I think it's that built to sell model. Do begin with the end in mind and start training yourself and let's get away from that percentage of top line revenue, which never made sense. 
hundred percent. And one other thing I want to just touch on as well is when you have, I think doctors conflate their personal reputation and who they are and their mm-hmm. business. So you may find a practice. If you're looking to acquire a practice, you may find this practice where the doctor's a rock star producer, just charming. And they're great at what they do. He or she just cranks it out. They know all sorts of expanded types of dental procedures. And you may look at it and be like, Oh my God, that's amazing. That mm-hmm. doctor does two and a half million, three and a half million. This is a gold mine. The practice is not a gold mine. He or she is a gold mine producer. Do not conflate the two yeah, because if yeah. you wind up saying I'm, you know, and know thyself, like we would say, if, if, if you're not that person, if you're an introvert, you're not that type of dentist, you've only done eight or 900 grand your maximum year. And you're buying a guy or gal that's been established and they're doing two and a half, three and a half million dollars. The location is not doing that for them. They are right. doing it for them. So you're yeah. going to buy their, their potential of them mm-hmm. and have to pay for it with the potential of you. I actually had a doctor that left my practice um, and a a good guy. I'm still friends. A great, it was a while ago, a really good guy. He's like, look, there's a practice down there. It's, you know, doing 3 million. I'm going to go there. It's going to be amazing. Rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, well, you know, you could do 3 million here, you know? Well, no, it's amazing down there. And and it just wound up being really bad for this guy. And it was all, you know, but it was the guy's personal potential, so don't conflate a business valuation with an iconic producer. The Lakers are worth more because, you know, the superstars that the Lakers have. If the team left, the Lakers have nothing else but brand. And that's very common, honestly. Very I mean, common. You, very, you probably didn't happen with you and in, in some of your past games. No, with- I mean, close. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't like a unicorn. Uh, I acquired a practice and it was he wasn't a unicorn producer, but it was a unicorn. It was a subset of a, of a genre of town that I just didn't pay attention to. And, and, and um, you know, so... I'm being cryptic with that, but it was, you know, it was basically his practice was, was geared towards a certain type of, uh, of religious. And I didn't even, right. but exactly the point, exactly the point. doesn't matter if it's religion or, but that style, that unique style of that doctor, he or she may just really be an iconic producer and you're Mm going to pay handsomely for it. You're going to pay way above what you should. Yeah, that's a great, that is a great, and, or you're looking at something from just, just, uh, oh, look at the numbers they're doing as opposed to look at, uh, like, can you do the specialized procedures that that right. doctor is doing? Can right. you do they implants? Do, can yeah, you do they all do, fours? Exactly. Whatever they're, however they're making their service code, look in their codes. And if you're not equally as a unicorn that, uh, you know, you could be massively overpaying, like I kind of, like we kind of did in our scenario. So that's a great, that's a great scenario. That's a great, um, but, but people, it's, it's amazing that people don't see that they don't see it. So, so as a goal, person- I want to talk about this. Cause I think, and, and then, um, as a goal, if you're looking at net profitability, what would you say, Craig is a good EBITDA percentage that you keep hearing the people on the other side of the table throw around is, is, is an excellent one to be at. Well, I, I people think- a goal. Right. So, so here's the way I explain it. And it's probably a softener for my own psychology, make myself feel better about myself. Okay. Um, I hear like you do 25 or 30%. Well, yes. Of, of net. Um, I like my little Spodak branded chapstick and the sunglasses and all that stuff. So in my mind, I, I always soften that 
Um, but then again, you know, when you're competing with the DSOs, it can get to 25 or 30%. Their Invisalign costs less than mine does. Well, I'm, I'm just crowd. saying from our, from like the people listening, you're probably like, where do you, okay. Tw- so let's 25, say, I'd say 25 is your, is a, yes. un- it's a really 26%. So oh, you're, you're, I had, cru- in, but you're crushing it. That's goal to me. Okay. So I had a conversation with someone about these mailers and I know someone who's very high up with the offers and it was at a brokerage that was sending out the, the mailers that you're talking about. And it was actually a 200%. He actually called and said, it's a 200% of top line revenue. I said, interesting. Tell you, tell me more. He said, well, that only applies if you're running at a 26% EBITDA or more. And I was like, wow. hmm, interesting. So at that level, right? That's where things kick in, but it does, this know, doesn't a math equation to make that Of course work. there is. What of is course. it though? Help me with it. So 25% EBITDA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 200 times. So the million dollar eight. practice. That's an eight. Yes. That's an eight. That's a six actually. Uh, I knew I'd make myself look like an idiot. You sure? Two, yeah. I, I won't. I, my numbers <clears> are not my strong suit, but still it, you backed it into evaluation. Right. Look, People are not, you know, it's like you, you and I always talk about that, that, that private equity or some giant that's buying your, buying your practice isn't doing it be, and isn't giving you an amazing valuation because they think you're a really good guy, Craig. They're, <laughs> they're buying you with your own money over time, like we right. talked about in the last podcast. Right. And they're doing it because they see upside in what their investment is going to be. That's it. And they like the cash flow of the, the, yeah. of the resist of the. And they're going to make a lot of money. Right. And there's the arbitrage of the rolling up. It's those three things. And that is it in a nutshell. And I'm not trying to get into this. This pod started as really just like, let's stop valuing things as top line and using that as the way we beat our chest. And as opposed to go say, Hey, yeah, you know what? I have a million dollar net. Beat your chest on that. Right. I have a $2 million practice. I have a million dollar net. Like that's a chest beater as opposed to a $10 million practice with $500,000 net. Not such a, not such a a chest beater. Well, I had a guy once talk to me, a really good guy um, came to me. He's like, he's like, I'm like, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to build a practice like yours. I'm like, well, why? He's like, I want to make money when I'm not there. I was like, well, tell me the metrics of your practice. He's like, I see patients three days a week. You know, we're probably doing like one. He's like, it was one eight at the time. And it was like a 60% net profit. Like meaning like he was. Was making, he an endodontist? No, but a <laughs> implant, you know, maybe even okay. more. Like he was making a million dollars a year net net on like mm. two and a half or three days a week and literally not going into the office the other days of the week for anything. I was like, that's a pretty good lifestyle. Like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, so it, it's just, that. and then he wound up, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I would have told him like, don't change a thing. All he you can did. do is, all you can he, do is screw this up. He did. He changed it. He hated it and he sold it. <laughs> so that was like Four years ago, I told him not to do it. He's probably listening to this. Um, if you are, just text me. But he he did it. He changed it. He hated it. He sold it. And now he's out completely. <laughs> you know, live and learn. Live and learn. <laughs> you live and learn. Um, anything else on this, bud? And we'll wrap. No, I think um, I think we hit it. I think it's important. And you might need to hear this a couple more times before it starts making sense. I know I did. I well, was look, awareness about- is the first step, like like anything, right? And and this may be this may be foreign concept to some people listening, like, whoa, never really thought about it like that. And so I think awareness is the first key, especially if you're owning your practice or looking to acquire a practice. Because sometimes I have to say, sometimes you can get a screaming deal if you know how to calculate EBITDA because some because practices are still valued from brokers at around 80%. So you may be able to look at that practice and say, holy shit, there's a ton of, of business cash flow coming off of this and they're still paying it. 
So you maybe you could buy as cheap as two times earnings, you know, but sometimes you can pay as much as 12 or 15 times earnings if you don't know what you're doing. Of course. And also, I think it's if you want to own a business and not just a practice, look at a business or a group practice or a group of practices that are actually making money. You know, and and I want to point this out, like everything that you buy is going to be the most expensive it ever was. Peter Malouk says that like Mm -hmm. a burger at Burger King is the most expensive as it's ever been. Your house is the most expensive it's ever been. The Ford Explorer is the most expensive it's ever been. If you have a good business, like one that actually runs and makes profit beyond what the dentists get paid, that could be a really exciting thing to buy into as well. Like you don't, if you live in a location, you want to live in a location, doesn't have one of those businesses, start one. But if you find a practice that actually has entrepreneurial profit and you can add to it, I'm a big fan of buying into that. You know, partnerships are always key, especially as you explore uh, culture index, it's created a lot of awareness around Mm -hmm. me. Like I created that little flossing device, Peter, the Mm -hmm. Envy device. I literally had the idea. I went to a bunch of partners that were sophisticated in the space And they're like, great, we love your idea. You'll get like 10% equity. I'm like, what? 10% equity is freaking my idea. Mm -hmm. So what does a guy like me do with a lot of ideas and low execution power? It sits on my shelf for like three or four months and nothing happens with it. I decided to link up with good partners, took the fraction of ownership. I got diluted and now it's in stores and making money. Mm -hmm. And it was more fun for me. So don't get caught up on, you know, oh, I'm only on 5% or 10 or 20. And it's only 30 bucks. I saw that. That was pretty, that's a pretty good deal. Right. But it's like, it's a beautiful box, a beautiful package. You have to design the whole thing. And what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is not about the flossing device. It's about like knowing your limitations. And, you know, I think dentists are like, oh, well, if I don't own 51% or 80%, like bullshit, own a piece. I own Mm -hmm. like 10 or 15% of the flosser. What percentage, like we always say, what percentage of Amazon do I own, Peter? You know, even at a, you know, it's, I, I, and I think that that's another sticking point too, because the practice brokers are used to like, you know, these single doctor transactions. And that's how the landscape of dentistry used to appear. Single Mm -hmm. doctors exiting, new doctors coming in. It has changed a lot since your crusty 80, you know, 70 year old brokers advised you. Well, I mean, like, you know, I just had a buy-in last week. I got a new partner last week. Right. Bought yeah. in for, um, you know, a single digit, 7%, the practice. Yeah, single right? digit, right. 7%. But what a great thing because chip on the table mm-hmm. feels good. He's going to be there. Even if you, even if you didn't offer him the buy and he's probably going to stick around and do, be an awesome doctor there, but now he gets to be paid as an associate and all the entrepreneurial things that he brings to the table are going to come into his pocket. And it's going like to be a good deal for him long-term. I mean, of, of course, a hundred percent, it will be. A hundred percent, it will be. I'm excited. You know, I mean, that's the way you and I talk like, Hey, mm-hmm. don't give me, you know, I don't care about that. I want a piece of something. If I'm going to work on something, I'm going to make it better. And my own idea with the flosser was just above single digit percentage. It was like 12%. It was my idea, every part of it, but I'm happy. I'm getting mailbox money now from a device that I've never had to expend any money and do it. So know and yourself the ops no, of it, which is a right. pain in the ass, right? Right. You I don't to- get calls. Mm-hmm. This, the only call I ever got, you know, besides the design, like I, I spent a lot of time in design, but for guys like you and me, Peter, we love design, you know, speaking with product engineers and stuff like that. That's not work for you and I, but being on a meeting with like sales and trying to get into Walmart and like, just shoot me, no, no way. 
And it's actually, you know, it just feels good when you know your strengths and weaknesses. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of frustration for the younger doctors and maybe established doctors that say like, well, I'm really not good at everything. I know in my own practice, I need to be good at everything. Bullshit. You don't partner with people, get people to cover your weaknesses. And that's yep. the end of my side of the rant. That well, the, as the rant, this is just how, how many tributaries our conversations take this, this pod started as, Hey, let's talk about the, 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 I don't know, the wrong, the wrong evaluation. But it's true. Um, the problem is, is we're all clouded thinkers in our space. We're very clouded. It's immediately apparent to me and you, when we talk to a dentist, they have one simple question to pick our brain, just one question. And then we ask a question and all of a sudden like, Oh, geez, this person doesn't even understand anything. Mm-hmm. They're asking a question for me to help this person on, but they don't even understand what they're asking. Right. So, I mean, that's why we have to unpack these things. We'll get people to listen to this. Like, oh, I want to learn about valuation. And by the end of it, like, you know what? I don't pay myself an associate. Mm-hmm. I don't have a 40% net profit. I don't. I've been saying that, but I don't. Or I think my practice is worth this and it's truly yeah. not. Or right. I think it's worth, or maybe it's a better case scenario than you thought, right? Now right, with this exactly. segment or start, start running it, start getting your, start getting it delivered to you from a KPI perspective. Now that you know, all of these things that we've been talking about. So, and those that measure their businesses. If you know your numbers, if you're measuring, if you're reporting your net profit on a daily basis, it will improve. It's Pearson's log. Pearson's, exactly. All right, let's wrap on this one. Thanks everybody. Craig, any announcements? Do we have anything to, to, to tell, uh, uh, or, well, we got our summit coming up in Nash Vegas. That's pretty damn cool. The, uh, but also, I need to check right now. Is the landing page up for registration? Even I know. Yeah, that, uh, I believe it is. This one's gonna gonna sell because everyone loves everyone yep. loves. Um, Nash I mean, this Vegas. one will sell out very quickly. As they, I guess, the past two have already sold out. But yep, it's not. Uh, you can sign up to be notified. It looks like, but I know that they're putting up a cool landing page. Um, we're obviously going to have the team components like we did. Um, but, but we will announce as soon as we, if you're on the mailing list, you will get notified first, but, um, and this isn't a scarcity tactic. This one will sell out really quickly because everyone wants to go to Nashville. Nashville I was really, I was thankful by the way that we snuck in that one. Like it was such a lull, like it was such a great week that we did our last summit in Austin. Cause like there was, it was like during one of those lulls where like COVID wasn't making the news and all that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that word. Speaking of that. Smash the like button on YouTube. <laughs> Smash it. Uh, YouTube loves the C word, by the way. The C and the ending of the word. Say it or they'll, bang, they'll, they'll uh, crush you. But so, we did get it. We did get in, sold out. No one was wearing their masks. It was like a, such a free time. And then, as the world would have it, a couple of weeks later, it makes the news again. Everybody's all panicked about it all over again. Mm, but yeah. Um, and then the, actually the MCC deal we talked about, I think there's a, in there a website we can, I've even forgot. Yeah, we'll it. put in the show notes cause we got okay. our own uh, link for that, but that's huge. I can't believe it's still saving me the money it is. But, um, like we talked about before that if you've beaten up your credit card fees and like, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Tish Nahatna, um, uh, one of our docs in the mastermind, he's like one of the only people that they weren't able to save him money. So kudos uh-huh. to you, bud. you beat the crap out of your credit card company. Yeah. Uh, but I bet, Peter, I, bet not- I bet Tish's EBITDA is above twenty six percent for that matter alone. That that yeah. thing alone, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. You but it's funny, Peter. Not to I won't go tangential on it, but the my accountant actually said they was they were trying to figure out my P and L year over year. Like your your business is not using credit cards as much, and I'm like, well, how do you figure that? Like, well, your fees have gone down. 
in such a proportion, we, we think you've, you're taking like 20% less credit cards. I'm like, and I actually went down the rabbit hole with them. Like, okay, let's pull out the MasterCard and the Visa. Let's reconcile. I'm like, no, we're taking more. And then it dawned on me after the fact, I'm like, oh shit, that's MCC. Like yeah. that's literally how it happened. I forgot because instead mm-hmm. I forget it. And they keep negotiating on your behalf as well. So credit card companies will, you'll feel really good. You'll beat up your fees. And six months later, they'll creep right back up, which is total, total crap. But that's what happens. I'm anyway, making, we're, uh, hold on. I'm making sure that uh, maybe it's bulletproof savings, Greg. How can we, we just so like, well, we just don't. Yeah. We just well, the don't, funny uh, thing, I can, can I, can I out us for a second? So <laughs> Peter and I ha- have both recently completed for like the 13th time our culture index, which we'll get into later on another podcast, but it kind of ranks like your level of like how you want to win your social skills, your details, your pace. So Peter and I both want to win. We have an extremely fast pace and an extremely low detail. So we are thankful um, to our teams for getting us to have some traction. I think I have lower details. Greg, than you actually. I've given everyone the landing page now that we've made much to do, much to do. It's bulletproof discounts. We had it set up. Bulletproof discounts. Dot com. But we just set up, we got so much people saying, Hey, what was that deal? So we just set up a quick little landing yeah. page for everyone. So, and then of course, anyway. someone, someone texts me like, Hey, what's that deal again? I, I forgot. And then they come back to you. <laughs> Obviously, so. We forgot live, like literally sitting here doing a podcast. Whereas most, most <laughs> we could edit this, by the way, make it seem very together, but we don't want to do that. It's just who we are. But that's a huge, huge thing for us. I'm so happy about most those pods are out there looking for sponsorships and doing this. And yeah, we this. Can't, yeah, we can't even help our viewers. <laughs> and you and I, we can't even remember to them. Yeah. What's that thing that you and I saved a lot of money? We should help people. Yeah, save we, should money. Do, we should do that for people. We should. Um, yeah, we'll forget. All right, that. buddy. Good one. I'll, uh, we'll chat everyone. We're signing out for now. We'll see you on the next podcast. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Pete.